Good morning, Leslie. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. It's such a blessing to share a conversation with you because I got to tell you, Imagineering, the book, is in my studio. It's always in oh, my studio. Nice. And and then and I go in there and I study a Disney Plus, the, the series that you did, because there's something there that it's like I see hope, I see a vision, I see chances taken. It doesn't always win, but you are bringing a lot of the, the stories and the history forward. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a blast of a show. And you're doing the same thing with Superpower, the DC story, because we all have our own interpretations of what DC is, but you're bringing it together as one. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it was fun. I mean, again, it's a telling of a of an entire brand over the scope of time that it's existed. Um, and they Warner Brothers had seen Imagineering story, and and that's why they brought me in to tell the DC story, as well as mm-hmm. the Hundred Years of Warner Brothers, which is also on Max as we speak. So two two series right at the same time overlapping each other we were in production on. So it was a lot of history in a short amount of time. One of the things that you covered that really kind of made me go, what was the part in there about the documentary where you say that uh, we need to go back to being kids? I love that feeling because I still feel like I'm about 16 or 17 years old. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, hopefully this will will bring you back to that feeling because as you get older, you kind of stop, you know, that reading comics and, you know, you just life takes over. Right. But as a kid, when you can get immersed into these comic books and these stories and and just, uh, you know, savor, savor the character so much, um, that's kind of what we wanted you to feel a little bit or at least understand why they were so, so popular. Even as adults, we, we, we really get into those conversations because, I mean, I started one with a co-worker the other day and all of a sudden the security guard was involved and then all of a sudden we had another person involved and it became a group conversation rather than me just sitting there with a comic book. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's true. They they transcend, um, you know, race, time, age, everything. Mm-hmm. So who were the superheroes before my dad's age? Because what I mean by that is, is that my father served in World War II. Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman didn't come until after the war. Um, well, Superman, uh, Superman was earlier than that. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, I would say that when you look at the origins of um, these characters, I think they they sort of, uh, you know, came i mean they came like right like post-depression early mm-hmm, war mm-hmm. era right um and they were a symbol of hope they were a symbol of uh, aspiration and uh sort of a sense of savior during dark times yeah. right and that there's always um there's always some way for us to save ourselves or perhaps somebody can say some character can save us but there's always a sense of hope um, and moral integrity and i think that's really what dc was kind of about um over time these characters you know got more uh sort of three-dimensional in a sense and had uh, more thought pro- more thoughts going on more d- deeper um in what do you call it? Like morality, et cetera, layers to them, uh, three-dimensional. And so, um, so I guess depending on which character you really gravitated to, they were all quite different. I grew up on sort of wonder woman. Um, I mean, in the seventies watching the wonder woman TV show. And so I, you know, came later when, for the people that were young kids during world war two, these were, um, you know, great, 
things to read, to learn about war, to learn about, again, hope um, during dark times. Um, they were very, very popular during the war. Uh, 25 million copies sold a month. Um, uh, you know, so in, in the characters, you know, it was called the Justice Society of America. I mean, that's just that title alone was about <laughs> heroism and about <laughs> patriotism. And I think that that's what the country needed was a sense of patriotism um, when your enemy is is far away. And um, so these comics were able to sort of bridge that gap and allow you to sort of see what was happening and and uh, feel a sense of hope. You bring up Wonder Woman in the way that, that, see, I didn't know that she existed until it became the TV show. Linda Carter became a part of my life, and I, I swear that I, I started looking at my mother's personal strengths a lot more because it's like, wait a second, this woman is leading. So is my mom. She's a leader as well. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so the interesting story to Wonder Woman, it was it was created by William Moulton Marston, and he was the inventor of the lie detector test. And he uh, started, you know, doing experiments on women. And um, out of this came Wonder Woman. And um, DC simultaneously had invited him to create a new character. And um, it it became about the politics of feminism. Um, He was a real feminist ally, although he for better or worse, (laughs) I mean, I don't know when you if you call this a feminist ally, but he actually had two two wives or or a wife and a live-in mistress you know um but they were very instrumental this whole family was instrumental in shaping who wonder woman was and she had this powerful lasso and that lasso really stemmed um people want to think it was like bondage and torture or whatever but it was actually stemmed from the suffrage suffrage movement um it was about emancipation and um you know, so he had he interestingly enough, he had this open relationship with numerous women, but their impact was huge. And, um, you know, we, we interviewed Joelle Jones, who was an artist who's currently, you know, working on um, Wonder Girl. And so what we do is we take you to these modern artists who are working on variations of of these characters because you see the lineage over all these years, these decades. Now you got younger artists working on a variation of the original, um, but they speak to what that original character really meant and, and its DNA, so to speak. Um, and then we, we sort of take you back in time. I love the way that you bring the artwork from those with the imaginations that are set on fire to life inside this documentary, Superpowered, the DC story, because it really puts me back into those places when, I've go, when I would go to a comic book convention, and it's like, oh my God, I've seen that, I've watched that, I've witnessed that. Yeah, well, it's true, and I think, you know, we wanted the audience to feel uh, a sense of reverence or, or yes. respect, or at least at least a, a, a connection to comic books. Um, and if, even if you weren't, if you even if you didn't grow up in it, you wanted to at least appreciate the artistry and the craft and the passion that these artists had towards the comics. And you know, you look back in the '40s and the '50s. I mean, there were so many ups and downs to comic books. You know, they they had the surge during the war, and then after the war, there was this lull, um, and and there was a disrespect almost mm-hmm. um, by this by the certainly by the '70s, where 
the executives just didn't care. They thought, you know, if you were if you were reading comic books, you were a nerd. Oh, you were, yeah. yep. you know, um, and and by the way, there were there were comic book burnings post war. Um, if these young kids who were who had all these comic books, parents would say these are now lurid. You know, they comic books went through so many different phases. They went from heroic and you know. Proud, you know, sort of justice type things during the war. And then they went into the post 50s, lurid, you know, scary, you know, praying mantis, you know, like anything was <laughs> any of these big, like the tarantula man or, you know, like weird <laughs> things that were sort of Russian fear, right? Yep. yep. Um, uh, the, that sort of um, <clears throat> thing led to the comic book, the comic code authority, which basically censored them. Um, and so, so then at that point, people were, if you, if, if you were reading them, you were bad, you were, you know, you were just not, you were not accepted. And so it became this weird spin cycle of comics are in, comics are out, comics are in, <laughs> comics are out. Um, so, um, what we enjoyed telling was just, you know, what what was what was good one minute wasn't good the next then it was good again and so how did how did dc constantly reinvent itself and how did they take a character that had sort of died out and then bring it back again and what you do learn is that even though a character may die and you think it's the end no he's back <laughs> he's figured out a new way to come back to life well look at look at what they're doing with with remastering the 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 storyline in the way that the joker has a second movie coming out and and i just read that the penguin is going to have a series i mean it's it's like it's almost like they're putting the light on the superhero saying hey they've got a story too let us share it with you yeah right i mean it's these secondary characters that are huge and and you see that over time too of just you know how different different artists and different filmmakers really brought, you know, said, let's, let's take the, let's take these marginalized characters or marginal characters that are sort of the sidekicks and bring them out to the forefront. And, you know, the stories are endless. And I think that's, that's the fun of it. It's like, wow, you know, what, what new can come, but this is a very rich story. Being as close as you are to all of this that's taking place and unraveling, what is it? What is the multiverse like for you? Because to me, it's like, oh my God, I get to have George Reeves and Christopher Reeves together. I get to have every Superman because it's just one of the verses. It's, it's just one of those little areas where they, they were, where they came from. Yeah, I think that um, I think it's so exciting for so many people because the opportunities are endless. Yeah. And I think that was such an interesting innovation to say, hey, let's let's create the multiverse <laughs> and let's let's completely blow people's minds. As, I forget who said it in the film, but it was like somebody put a stick of dynamite in your head and blew it, it up. That's you it. were just like, you know. <laughs> um, so I think certainly from, from the executive and the film, you know, the studio level, it's awesome because you can just create so much from that, that one concept. And then, um, you know, now Marvel, obviously Marvel's done the same and it's, it's a gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Wow. To have so many interviews inside Superpower, the DC story, what, what was it like to get those? Did, was it an automatic yes from all of the actors and all the people from behind the scenes? Um, yeah, we... It was tricky because we were filming during COVID, so we weren't able to, from a budget standpoint, location standpoint, um, you know, logistics standpoint, 
financial standpoint, we just couldn't get everybody we would have liked to have gotten. Um, but for the for those that we knew we could and the schedule we could and the you know logistics we could, everyone was like, yes, definitely. Um, so it was it was definitely fun and you know to me what was fascinating not only with the artists who were the pioneers at different times um it was also the executives that came through dc that we were able to interview who really kind of came in and saw a new vision for the for the company and took it in a whole new direction um and that was really fascinating um you know like Jeanette Kahn um she was 28 and uh she was you know one of the first women if not the first woman to to really come in and and sort of take take over you know Mm. um and and really see see DC in a whole new way um and she was smart she was Jewish and she had nothing in common with anybody um she was a children's magazine editor prior um, and, and at the time, there was a sense of shame about working in the comic book industry, and she felt that comics were an art form, and that pictures and words were an art form. Yep. So, um, so you know, it was um, it was her that sort of brought in like Tony Isabella, and um, and he ended up creating uh, Black Lightning. And so you look at how all these characters, socio political characters. Um, that that represented what was going on in the world, what was going on in America, um, could find a home on the page um, from an artist's pencil um, and really um, take over kind of the thinking, not take over the thinking, but really inspire new ways of looking at um, things in America like urbanization or racism yeah, or things yeah. like that with through new characters. So... Um, so her 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 you know impact alone um, really um, led to the DC you know expansion and then by the 70s there was an implosion and and it, it's just the cycle of ups and downs and how these executives sort of find their way and ride through those and figure and reinvent the the medium is pretty fascinating isn't that the dc story anyway because everyone you you could have you could have superman or batman down on the ground covered up in junk and all of a sudden here i am i'm back right right exactly (laughs) well totally and you look at like you know um superman you know when that film came out um in the mid 70s or so um you know that was that was a tone that was critical uh, it was a, a tone change for superman um and richard donner the director of superman turned it around um and fixed the screenplay and ultimately it came out and it did 300 million dollars in yeah. ticket sales which was huge at the time um it won an academy award for visual effects i mean superman alone saved dc at the time um, and that really kind of led to around that time, the comic shop, the comic book shop started, you know, and, and by the eighties, new shops were opening up around the country and became the face of comic distribution. So, uh, all these, all these cycles and things ups and downs, and later the comic book stores started to crumble. And yeah, <laughs> so we yeah. kind of get into the, the turbulent world of, D, of DC and comic books in general. 
you know, a few seconds ago, you were talking about the the artists, the, those that bring the pictures to life. I'm so glad that you said artists because, you know, the quirky kids in class in elementary school, we were always shoved to the back of the room because the teacher didn't want to deal with our doodling. But I, I swear mm-hmm. that's where so much was going on were in those pictures that we were drawing. Totally. I mean, I, I, I was a young artist, too, growing up. And, um, you know, as I said, maybe I said before, you know, my, my grandfather was a co-creator and designer of Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I kind of grew up in the Disney world um, of Mickey Mouse and the Disney characters and um, the parks and everything. And, you know, for those that were into D.C., I mean, it was a similar thing. And I think that what's what no matter what the characters were, what was so fun when you're young is, is really to get into that artistry, Mm -hmm. to get inside those panels and immerse yourselves in these, in the bubbles of what people are saying and characters are saying and, and sort of follow it left to right, you know, across the page. (laughs) And, um, but to me, I was really interested in the, in what was in the artistry, like the different styles. And, you know, we interviewed like, you know, Jim Lee and, and a number of artists who were so good mm-hmm. and you just sit and watch them create something on a piece of paper and you're just blown away, you know? <laughs> and so to me, it's, it's like bringing out that magic, you know, of the pencil, of the, the, the magic of the pencil yep. and the line drawing. Wow. We talked about in the very beginning about Imagineering and see, I discovered the, the series first on Disney plus, and then I was introduced to the book. So now I have to ask this question. We were getting the superpower, the DC story in in a three-part documentary are we going to get a book as well uh good question you know i don't know (laughs) i don't know the answer to that i don't haven't been haven't been asked to i'll be (laughs) honest and there is there are a number of books already out there so i'm not sure um you know how much we would be bringing um a whole new story but um, there's a great Tashin book on DC and that's, that was kind of our Bible, this big, thick, huge coffee table book. And it's so gorgeous. And, and, um, we dog-eared that book like crazy. I love how you, uh, um, gave permission for Robert Pattinson to be a part of this because I mean, to he, to me, he's, he's the new dude. And, and, and it's like, and, and to see him in there, it was like, Oh my God, they embraced it. Oh my God. They brought him in. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the key to us is is really we're always trying to um, to be honest about what we can, and um, I mean, you know, where where is the conflicts? Where are the controversies? Um, who are the people that are um, you know that deserve credit in different ways? Mm-hmm. And you, we can't include everybody. There's no way, you know. Um, but uh, you know he was amazing in, in Batman and, um, and, you know, Matt Reeves, uh, direction. And that was fascinating. You know, it was so good. Well, you're a genius at what you're doing. I love what you're doing, Leslie. I mean, it's like, here's two big things right in a row that you've, you've done for us out here. And it's, I can't wait to find out what your next project is. Well, do me a favor and check out 100 Years of Warner Brothers. Yep. It's a, a four-part series on, on Max, and um, that just came out about a month ago, and it was in Cannes, Cannes um, Film Festival, and it got a standing ovation, and um, just people have been eating it up. And uh, that, again, another Warner Brothers project, but uh, spanning 100 years, because this is their 100 years of um, Warner Brothers this year and 100th anniversary but we also talk about dc in that in that film as well so if you're 
into film history and, and everything else. Um, every, there's so many stories over a hundred year span and DC is just one part of it. So um, both of these were a blast to make and um, I appreciate talking to you about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You be brilliant. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will try.